Hi, I'm Mike Rutherford, Dento Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Respites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Respites looks at the key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague Helen Harborn, DPLA's in-house lawyer, and I will be talking about the common presentations of domestic violence that dental practitioners may face in everyday practice and also what you need to know about how best to manage the situation and your obligations around reporting of suspected domestic violence. We asked Helen to speak to this topic both because of her legal knowledge, but also because of her experience in this field in her previous roles in legal practice. So Helen, despite the significant amount of education and awareness disseminated into the public domain over recent years, Domestic violence is unfortunately still a deep-rooted issue that affects all of our communities. We are all too well aware that COVID-19 unfortunately has seen the incidence of domestic violence rise exponentially. So more than ever, this is a topic that we all need to keep at the forefront. That's exactly right, Mike. Did you know that on average in Australia, one woman is killed every nine days and one man killed every 29 days by their current or former partner? And one in six women and one in 16 men have experienced physical or sexual violence from a current or previous partner. It's really quite alarming. Australia's first Royal Commission into Family Violence was completed in 2015 and its report was provided to the Victorian Government in March 2016 and it uncovered some startling insights into domestic violence and in particular the role that healthcare providers and importantly dental practitioners can play in assisting and supporting these victims. Very early in my legal career I practiced in the area of family law and I saw firsthand how often domestic violence was an issue and how devastating it is for victims and their children and extended families. I had to learn very quickly how to best approach the victims and understand how to best support them. Research that was presented to the Royal Commission found that 75% of injuries in domestic violence situations happen to the head, face and neck and therefore dental practitioners may often be the first form of assistance that they seek. I imagine, therefore, Mike, that you've had some level of experience with domestic violence during your dental career then. Helen, I think all dental practitioners know we must see the victims of this violence in our practices, but I don't know what to look for or how to approach this. In my practising years, I've certainly spoken to some of my patients about this, But to be frank, I'm very uncomfortable with the conversation and perhaps getting it wrong or offending or embarrassing people. This might sound like a cop-out, but I think I'm not alone with these feelings. I think that I was missing more than I was seeing. I definitely don't think that's a cop-out at all, Mike. Domestic violence is a very complex and sensitive issue and a consultation with a health provider is often one of the few opportunities women have to go out alone and it's important for all health providers to make sure this isn't a missed opportunity. And that's a lot of pressure to put on dental practitioners. Interestingly, the Commission heard that 60% of abused women with head, neck or facial injuries 
would actually cancel other medical appointments but keep their dental appointments. Therefore, victims of domestic violence are often more likely to seek dental treatment than to see a doctor, placing dental practitioners at the front line of early intervention. This mediation can play a critical role in helping women escape abusive relationships. So dental practitioners can play a very important role then in supporting domestic violence victims. I guess broken or displaced teeth are injuries that do need treatment. And also, when you think about it, I guess everyone knows that doctors have reporting obligations around child and domestic abuse, but perhaps people aren't aware that dental practitioners have the same obligations. Perhaps we are seen as a safer treatment option with no questions asked? Yes, I think you could be right, Mike. And the difficulty is that another finding of the Royal Commission was that there is little education provided in undergraduate or other courses for the health professionals that directly speaks to family violence. And so clinicians are generally not adequately trained to manage this complex issue. So you definitely would not be alone in feeling inadequate in dealing with these patients. One very important finding that came out of the Commission that I think will help dental practitioners was that the research showed that women trying to escape a violent partner often wanted to be asked if they needed help and dental practitioners should not fear that they would offend their patients by reaching out. Well, that's good to know and that addresses some of the concern I mentioned previously about getting it wrong. So if a patient walks in with a tooth that is loose or with an injury to the face that is healing or they are bruising, it's okay for a dental practitioner to ask, how did you get this injury? Is everything okay at home? Yes, absolutely, Mike. Research suggests that patients in a confidential setting where they find the health professional is compassionate and empathetic will generally respond to that quite well. Dental practitioners are not required to be therapists, but we need to raise their index of suspicion and awareness that there will be women who are coming to them that are victims of domestic violence and they need to be referred to the right places. They're often nervous about whether they actually are in an abusive relationship or how they will be responded to if they ask for help. So asking those questions, are you safe, are you okay, can make an enormous difference to them. Each state government in Australia provides online resources for health workers to obtain guidance on how best to respond to a disclosure of domestic and family violence. Thanks, Helen. And colleagues, this is something we must face up to and accept as our responsibility. I practiced dentistry for 40 happy years, but one major regret that still haunts me is not having realized that I had a regular patient of mine. He was trying to tell me over and over again that they were the victim of continuing physical domestic violence. I didn't hear this person because they were male. And therefore I did not even think about domestic violence. I'm not belittling for a moment that the overwhelming proportion of victims are female but we do have to think outside of the box and keep it in mind. I still feel guilty at having failed my duty of care to someone who trusted me. So if a patient does confide in their dental practitioner that they are a victim of domestic violence or the practitioner has a very strong suspicion, what should we do? And importantly, do we have formal obligations to do something? That's a very good question, Mike. Health providers need to be familiar with their reporting obligations in relation to children and adults exposed to sexual, domestic and family violence. Each state government in Australia provides online resources for health workers to obtain guidance on how best to respond to a disclosure of domestic and family violence. And each state is also a little different in their approach to reporting. 
of suspected or disclosed violence. So with this in mind, I will discuss generally each state's approach in relation to the reporting of violence to adult victims. It is important to preface that the reporting obligations of any abuse or neglect against children is very different to that of adult victims. Most states impose mandatory reporting relating to children, the specifics of which differ from state to state. That is a complex discussion in and of itself, so for today's purposes, we're discussing adult victims. The Northern Territory has the strictest reporting obligations and essentially requires any adult, not just a health professional, to report any incidences of domestic violence. In New South Wales, health workers must report to the New South Wales Police, regardless of the victim's wishes, where serious injuries have been inflicted, where the perpetrator has access to a gun and is threatening to cause physical violence to any person, where a perpetrator is using or carrying a weapon, that can be including a gun, knife or any other weapon capable of injuring a person, in a manner likely to cause physical injury to any person or likely to cause a reasonable person to fear for their personal safety. If there is an immediate serious risk to individuals or public safety exists, if an offence has occurred on New South Wales health premises or in circumstances in which health workers are threatened because of their professional role. In these circumstances, the consent of the person is not required and the safety of the victims may at times override confidentiality. In circumstances where concerns are held for the safety of a third person, information may at times be required to be provided to that person to keep them safe. Other than these specific circumstances and in the other states, reporting is at the discretion of the healthcare worker but is strongly urged. At the very least, a healthcare worker should be attempting a conversation with the victim and keeping detailed records of the conversation and their injuries. Okay, Helen, so you mentioned that dental practitioners should be having a conversation with the suspected victim and keeping detailed records. Are you able to provide more information about how best we can do both of these? Perhaps starting with how to approach a conversation with the victim about their injuries. Absolutely, Mike. Firstly, it might be obvious but important to point out that any suspected victims of domestic violence should never be asked about the domestic violence whilst the suspected perpetrator is present with them. At times it may be necessary to identify a medical or procedural reason to see the patient alone. If domestic violence is suspected but not disclosed by the patient, a direct approach should be used. Frequently, as mentioned earlier, those experiencing domestic violence are relieved to be asked directly how they have been hurt and by whom. The following approach is suggested. Ask about any injuries. Was anybody angry with you at the time you were hurt? Many women who have injuries like this have been deliberately hurt. Did someone hurt you? Your injuries do not seem to fit the explanation you've given. Did something else cause them? Did someone do this to you? Ask about relationships. Have you ever been frightened of your partner? Are you having problems in your relationship at the moment? Ask about safety. Do you feel safe at home? Is it safe for you to go home today? If the health worker suspects domestic violence without a direct disclosure, the medical file should be checked for a history of presentations of similar injuries. If so, the victim should be questioned sensitively about this. Victims may continue to deny any violence, if the health worker remains suspicious though, the following options should be considered. 
offer referral to a social worker, offer information about relevant local government health services and other services, offer information about legal options and protection available to people who experience violence, encourage the victim to return if they need assistance. Health workers should document their concerns, assessment and any disclosure made by the victim in their medical client record. So Helen, what tips do you have about how dental practitioners can document these issues? Well, firstly, it is important for health workers to be aware that disclosures of domestic violence and documentation of injuries can constitute medico-legal evidence, which may be required in a range of legal proceedings. It is therefore imperative that documentation be accurate, timely and relevant. It is ideal that the information provided by the patient is documented using the patient's own words in their record. All staff, including medical personnel, must carefully document all injuries. Where domestic violence is suspected but not disclosed, the practitioner's reasons for the suspicion should also be documented. Detailed records also support information sharing processes and potential legal actions relating to criminal charges or family law parenting matters. Privacy is always an issue to consider. You should take into account privacy laws and any other laws, for example, the Family Law Act and confidentiality policies. It is important to also be aware of limits to confidentiality for matters such as child protection purposes, reporting of serious injuries where a criminal offence may have been committed, and the potential use or service of professional records as evidence in criminal or family law proceedings. Thanks, Helen. Domestic violence really is a very complex issue, and our role as dental practitioners can play such an important part in assisting victims, not only in potentially being a first responder, and assisting victims to talk about the issues and point them in the direction of the assistance they need, but also our records can play a vital role in assisting the legal process. Thank you all for listening. We hope that this podcast was helpful to you and look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and would like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.